Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our Sunday night service. And to those of you watching online, welcome to you. It's such a beautiful setting already in atmosphere. It just feels like family, doesn't it? We're so excited for tonight. Tonight is the fifth Sunday of the month. So on the fifth Sunday of the month, we normally do something different. And this is why I have these lovely people up on the stage with me. They are amazing individuals. And more than that, too, they are two amazing couples. So they are just power couples in my midst. And tonight, what we really, really wanted to focus on and why um, we invited them is to discuss marriage tonight, which is exciting. So I'll introduce our lovely people. I'll start over here with the Lanes. We have Anita and Alan Lane, and they're elders in our church. They're such wells of God, and you really walk out what you believe, and I really, really love that about you, so I'm excited for what God brings through you both, and over here, we have Vincent and Danielle Van Overbeek. I I said your last name correct, because a lot of people butcher my last name, Dikawala, so I just, I feel with you. I'm with you on that one, and you guys are amazing, too. You serve as the Rama Kids Coordinators. Um, in our Rama Kids ministry. And so God just gives them amazing things to give to our children. And they're also just an amazing couple. And they, they really walk with God. I love that we have people up here that just walk with God. So I'm, I'm excited to hear how they, they walk out this marriage gig. That, that it was God's idea, um, marriage was. And just a disclaimer too. Every person in this room, every person watching online is affected by relationships in one form or another. Whatever your relationship status is, what is beautiful about the word of God is the principles and the truth, even if they are scriptures talking about marriage, they're truths that you can apply to every relationship. So I am so excited. whether you're a single Pringle, whether you're married, whether <laughs> wherever you're at, I, I really believe that, that God has something really rich tonight for us as a church family. And why don't we open in prayer together, hey? Father, we so thank you. We so thank you that we get to come around your table and hear what you have to say. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for for marriage and what you have to say about it. There's a lot of things in the world that that tries to give us a definition of marriage or a definition of a husband, a definition of a wife. But we thank you that we are in Christ and that our marriages can be in Christ. Lord, that our relationships can be founded on the bedrock of Jesus. And so we look to you We look to you and we turn our eyes off of uh, anything else and we come expectant. And Lord, help us to be doers of the word tonight, that it doesn't fall on deaf ears, that we're good ground. We ask for your grace to bear fruit and to do the words that come out tonight, Lord, through Anita, Alan, Vincent, and Danielle, ultimately inspired by you. And in Jesus' name, amen. You know, uh, the Bible tells us to let marriage be held in honor among all. Isn't that interesting? So again, wherever we're at, in whatever season of life, um, it's important actually to have a biblical understanding of marriage in order to value it the way that God does. And so we have two text scriptures that we're going to be basing our questions because I'm going to just, you know, rapid fire. No, I'm kidding. They won't be rapid fire questions. Um, we won't be doing that. But they, there will be questions. And um, our text scriptures that we're going to base these questions off of is from Ephesians chapter 5. And this is a very famous chapter about wives, about husbands. 
and we want to pull out two scriptures, one about the wife, one about the husband, that we'll be honing in on. So Ephesians 5.22, it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. You could just unpack that forever. Ephesians 5.25, this is for the husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So again, we see right there, we have love, we have submit, or in a lot of other scriptures too, when it comes to, in regards to the wife, respecting, honoring, esteeming your husband. And how many of you know those are all important things in any relationship? You want to feel respected. You want to know you're loved. So again, wherever you're at, these truths will apply. Aren't you thankful? So, how many of you know, though, before you all were married, all y'all were married, y'all were single. (laughs) Y'all weren't married at some point, right? And so I think a lot of times when um, uh, we can be looking to the next season and miss out on the season that we're in. We can be looking to the next thing, looking to marriage or looking to this next exciting event. And what, what would, I'll start with you guys over here. What would your advice be to make the most of a single season or a season where you're just not married? How can you make the most of it be purposeful? I found um, in the single season, um, before I met Vincent, I actually was a single mother. So a lot of my time and attention went to my son. And as I was going through it, I realised that um, I had to find more time for myself. So I had to become comfortable in who I was and try and understand that I'm a person, I'm not just a mother, like, and I um, did things to find who I was because I came out of a hard place, you know. Um, I wasn't Christian at the time, so I went on a journey and I seeked out um, spiritual guidance and everything that I looked into pointed to... Um, rules and regulations and no freedom and then I finally got a hold of a sister who taught me about Christ and I realized that Christ was love and there was no rules and there was no expectations that he loved you unconditionally and then I found myself in that and then I became content with who I was and then when I was able to take out the time for myself and be content I was able to be a better mother so my son was able was able to receive better love like through Christ in me and then becoming content with who I was I stopped needing a man to come alongside to help me because as a single mother, you can feel like um, it's stressful trying to raise a child on your own. Um, there's, There's times when are you making the right choice for your child? Um, so there's a lot of pressures that you just have to deal with on your own. But when Christ came into my life, I realised that we had a father in heaven and I could go to the guidance to find answers to raise my son. So, yeah. I love that truth of knowing that you're loved before being loved by Vincent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What a setup for success. Vincent, what about yourself? Well, I was the same as Danielle. I wasn't saved. She was the one who saved me. So for me, single life was pretty selfish, to be quite honest. It was more... I was always a confident... I was always very confident in myself. So I I was never desperate to find someone. I was open to it, but I wasn't desperate for it. I wasn't constantly looking for it. So my world revolved around my mountain bike, my car and work and that was it 
I'm just being honest. So I enjoyed it. Like now I wouldn't, but at the time I enjoyed it because I could do whatever I wanted and I could focus on the things that at the time I was passionate about. So, yeah, it just, when I met Danielle, it all changed. My focus changed, but at the time I thought, yeah, this is, this is fun. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Yeah. Mm. So what was that turning point? So Danielle led you to the Lord? <laughs> well, it took her a while. It wasn't straight away. But um, we, I was going to churches with her to support her. It wasn't for me, it was for her. And that turning point was, funnily enough, it was Kenneth Copeland. I actually gave myself, my, um, I did my salvation prayer with Kenneth Copeland. And it would even shocked Danielle and her sister who was there that I ended up on the stage with him. I don't even know how I got down there. But it just made sense to be there. And I grew up in a completely atheist house. So my parents still are pretty heavily against it. They support us, but they're not, they don't want to hear about it. So the house I grew up in was very, very different to what I live in now and what I believe in now. So, yeah, I, it's hard for me to sit there and pinpoint the moment where I just changed, but, yeah, if it wasn't for Danielle, I wouldn't be sitting here, obviously. Did you see how her life changed and that consistency there where you're just like, okay, there's something... Something about this. Yeah, that, it, it, yeah, it's probably the spirit that I could see in her and I could see how strong she was and I don't know, it just happened. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a scripture um, that says that it's not by your words but by your actions that people come to the Lord. So I would just pray for my family and I would say um, Joshua 24 15 as for me and my household we will serve the Lord you know and I'd just pray into Vincent and I'd put on the word and I would put on preachers that he didn't want to listen to and the word just penetrated his heart I, I like it was the spirit that done the work and it was just showing the love and not judging but letting him come to his own in Christ, yeah. And I love that you kept your eyes in trust in God. Yeah. yeah and then and you just left, left it to the Lord. That's exactly that's right. Beautiful. She never forced it upon me. It was never something I had to do. It was just something I felt to do with her. Beautiful, you guys. Thank you for sharing that. What about you two over here? How did you make the most of the years before you were married? Or the years, you know, even when you knew each other, maybe you were not necessarily together, but together, you know. How do you make the most of that? Well, um, I was saved when I was about 21, and um, I actually didn't get married till I was 36, so um, I actually enjoyed my single life, but I enjoyed my marriage life too. But I just, um, I just... Um, Good save. <laughs> Anyway, um, what what I did was I got involved and like in the church and um, what I realised now is I was sowing into the kingdom because I was building a house up at Coulomb and um, uh, it took me about seven years but over from about 24 to 36 I had people, families stay with me and I had visiting ministers for the church and I had a team of old Roberts students come. There was nine of them, and they all came and stayed with me. And over, you know, over that period, um, uh, it was fun, you know. Like, um, but I was sowing into their lives, and they were sowing into my lives. And kind of like, if you look at it, it's sowing into the kingdom. I still see benefits from that, even now, because you reap what you sow. And but, um, yeah, I had so many good memories of it you know like one t when the oral roberts team stayed they had there were six women like between the age of 21 and 26 and three guys and i had another guy staying with me he was saving up to go to Raymer in perth and um 
you know, it's a miracle that we all got to church on time, you know, because the Americans dress up a lot better than us, you know, like, and, um, yeah, we never missed a service, you know, like, um, but, you know, that was just one instance, but it was just a a period of sowing, really, and um, it was, you know, if you sow into the kingdom, you will reap, you know, and, yeah, that's how I spent my single years ago. And I love that you use that word sowing because that involves waiting. Mm. So yeah, you didn't sure. waste time. You no, actually I saw it as sure. time um, uh, of purpose in God. Mm. And it, it actually probably made the wait feel faster. Yeah. Like over it time. Sh- it sure went fast, yeah. yeah. Amazing, mm. amazing. Anita? Well, I'm one of those people that has hardly been single. Like, I just got snapped up, you know. (laughs) But I was married first time, age 22. I became a Christian around, like, seriously, when I was 19. So I remember in that period of time, I really just got with God. Like, I I really just, I just, like prayed in the spirit and I read Smith's Wigglesworth and I spent my time worshipping and um, yeah it was a really special time with the Lord in that season and then um, yeah I've just been that way like all the way through pretty much and then um, I got married again at age 37 yeah so in that period I was really raising my children so just spending my time sewing into them and so. And how did you and Alan meet and come to this point that you are? Um, well, we're in church together. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a long story, but yeah, basically... Always we, is. We, <laughs> we met at church. Um, yeah, so... Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. I love all the different seasons and the places that you all came from. I just love it. And the way that God's just woven you all together to be at this point in time walking with him. Isn't he faithful? I just hear the faithfulness of God through these stories. But going back to our text scriptures, I w- <laughs> story time is over. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's not over. Feel free to tell stories. But you gave us context for where you're at now. And um, part of that scripture for the husbands, so I'm going to be talking to you men over here, is um, it's pretty big instruction from God, wouldn't you say, to love your wife as Christ loves the church. That's huge, massive. Uh, I mean, for, I think, really the only other role that is shared with God is the role of father. But husbands are compared to Christ. Okay. No pressure. No pressure. Okay. So that's the goal. That's the instruction, the destination, right? How many of you know, though, marriage is a journey? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a journey. So how? Um, tell us about that journey to learn how to love that agape love of God to your wife, what was that learning process like? And I don't think we'll ever stop being in that journey. But um, Alan, why don't we start with you? And can you um, share that? Well, the first thing probably that you gotta realize is like, say for instance, my love language is acts of service. Well, that's not necessarily Anita's. She's more, she likes affection, she likes quality time. And um, so you got to realise that. And, um, you know, I actually really needed help from God, you know, because if you got habits from being single for so long, um, you really need grace, you know, like, um, and... I like I relied on that a lot, you know, the grace of God, because um, it's it's do it's letting go of your um, ideas. Like um, you know, for instance, it says, "Humble yourself," and God gives grace to the humble. So, not trying to um, you know like put 
your th- ways first, if you know what I mean. Humble yourself and, um, and, and you do that by casting your cares on the Lord and realising that um, he will give you help. It says he'll give you grace in time of need. You, you, grace can be multiplied. Your grace can be like through the knowledge of the word. And, yeah, he gives more grace to the humble. So I needed to humble myself, you know, because I needed that more grace. And um, uh, another thing was, you know, um, it, it just took a long time for me. If I love what she loves, then, you know, that's important. You know, like um, I had... Because um, Anita had two stepdaughters, I had to realise... Um, to love them because that's what's important to her. And um, I still have to work on that, by the way, you know, like I still still just have to, um, you know, even Jesus said without God, I can, without him I can do nothing. And he, he mentions that in, in uh, you know, uh, John 14 and 15 about abiding in the vine. He said without me you can do nothing. So... I really had to tap into his grace to overcome, say, habits that I formed. Not just, not talking about to get away with things because of the grace, but to overcome those. They're not necessarily sins, but they're habits from being single, you know. And, you you know, like I'd go in and make a cup of tea, but I wouldn't make one for her. I just didn't think of it, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) that's the way a single guy thinks, you know. Manhood. Manhood. So, you know, you've got to kind of tap into the grace. I guess that's the bottom line, you know. And I I love that you mentioned those everyday things because it's the everyday things that make up a marriage. And it's sometimes those little foxes that can weave in and just just cause strife and and be a stumbling block in a marriage, can't it? But I love that... um, the Lord cares about those details. And like yeah. you were saying, how you humbled yourself and you got grace, he opened your eyes to it. Yeah. And, and that's I, what's so beautiful. Yeah, and I got involved in a lot of her projects with school, like, she, you know, just making things for the kids, basically. And that that was important to her. I knew it It was important to her. Mm-hmm. It, it lightened the load for her, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm. Beautiful. What about you, Vincent? I, for me, like the start of marriage for me was also a big step into parenthood. So same as Alan, I had to learn a lot. But for me, I I look at it now and I'm like, I didn't even know the scriptures, but the love chapter is basically what came out of me. So not getting easily offended about things. Um, my other thing was understanding that it's not always going to be a fairy tale. There's going to be times where she's had a bad day, I've had a bad day, it's give and take. So, like it said, love is not easily offended, not easily angered. Love is, gives grace. So, I had to learn her so that I could be the best man to help her and to be there with her. Um, before we were married, like uh, before we even really, it became a relationship, we started, we were living in two different cities and we talked for three months every single day. And that relationship developed through that communication meant we got to understand each other. And that understanding is what helped me walk in love and understand her priorities and what's important to her and her love and her values. And I was able to mould mine to go with that. And it's not, a, it's not a you and me situation. It's an us situation and that's what you've got to grasp. It's not all about, it's not their life and my life. It's, all, it's your life all of a sudden. It's our life. And especially when there's kids involved... You have to do it. Mm. You go the whole way or you don't go at all. Mm. So for me, it was the whole way and I'm not holding back on anything. That's beautiful, Vincent. It's not a 
power struggle, but a power union, hey? <laughs> you know what I'm hearing from both of you, though, is understanding your spouse. And when you understand the way they tick, what's important to them, it takes humility to understand someone, because often we judge or criticize or want to make someone do the things the way we do it, because we don't understand them. And that's where uh, a lot of division can come through. But this understanding, it, it helps you minister then that love specifically. I love that, because you both mentioned it, it's finding those specifics that will really, whether it's school projects or a cup of tea or, or raising the kids and getting involved, those, are really, those were things that were important to Anita and Danielle. And I love that God gave you those keys. So on the flip side, to the wives here, <laughs> we hear that word submit in our day and age, and people just go, ew, <laughs> submission. <laughs> I don't want to submit to anyone. Okay. But um, I just want to make it very clear, too. We are co-heirs with Christ. Okay. So it's not a lesser thing. It's not a superior, inferior thing in a marriage. Okay. And I think um, there's a godly submission. So what is that godly submission in a marriage for as a wife? Can you break that down? Uh, yeah. So when I first read that, um, for me, I was like, oh, I'm not submitting. <laughs> I was like, no, I know who I am. And this is my son. And these are the laws. I actually laid down some laws to Vincent. Um, it was quite funny. I told him, if you did such and such a things, that's it. There's the door. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so when I seen that in the Bible to submit, I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> oh, what does that actually mean? I was, and I thought, like, lay down everything and just do whatever he said. So I said, that can't be right. <laughs> it really can't be right. So I went and researched what they meant by submit in that thing and I found that it actually came, meant come up under him support him and respect him and just be a wife there who needs to um, assist whenever he needed it so it wasn't more like being a doormat it was just being um, a supporter and somebody who respects the husband and you know, um, can allow him to make decisions, but having a respectful conversation if the decision that he's making is not fitting for the family. So with that said, when, um, when Vince would have some uh, moments with my son, because, you know... <laughs> he made mistakes, no. When he would, when he would um, come hard down on my son and I didn't agree with that, I never, ever corrected him in front of the children because I didn't want to take away his authority. And I thought if I corrected him in front of the kids, then how would the kids um, respect him? And then how would they also come under the submission of the fatherhead? You know, so I would take him away quietly and say, this is how you should have approached it. Mm. And then he would realise, oh, okay, I should have, and he'll talk to the children. And then he would be the one that would say, I, I spoke wrongly or I shouldn't have done what I'd done. So then there was no um, respect taken away from him. Mm. So it was more just being that supporter, giving the respect and coming alongside him so that mm. he can still be the, the head of the household. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. I almost see it as like you become a guard. Mm. Um, yeah. the, the things that can um, hurt or take away from your husband, be hindrances um, or remove respect, that part of that submission is actually guarding them before the Lord in prayer and through respectful conversations like that. Yeah. That's great. 
What about yourself, Anita? Submit and respecting your husband. What does that mean? <laughs> I think when you know you're really loved, it's easy to submit. And if you think about it, like with Christ in the church, you think Jesus laid his whole life down and his love, we think of how he treated women like in the Bible, like, you know, Mary, Magdalene, the the Samaritan woman, uh, Samarian woman. He placed great value on them. And if you know that, like, it's easy then to follow. Um, I think it takes a strong person to actually submit because the word connotates weakness. Like, the world actually puts a thing like feminism and the world actually puts a a, a kind of a, a taint on it. But it's actually a strong word because we're called to be brave and come alongside and to exhort and to really support. And that's actually a a very... You've got to be quite strong to do that and um, to release, you know, and to trust. Like you said, Danielle, like if your decision's made and you don't fully agree, you have to then... Well, ultimately our submission is to the Lord... So I'm not I'm submitted to Al, but it's actually eyes on the Lord, and Al follows him, and then I follow on. So it's actually putting yourself in into His hands, and trusting that um, He is leading, yes. and not to have a not to have a voice. I mean, we still have a voice. We still have our personality. We we talk together, um, but you come out is like a bicycle with the pedaling. Um, I think of it as like the pedal, you know, you push on the pedal and the other one just follows and it makes the bike move. But you've got it, it works together. Um, So it's like you said, not one above another. There's not inferiority with headship and submission. They sound like two different levels, but they're actually like work together. Um, Yes. But there is a rank. Um, the, The word actually means come under rank. So there is an ordained ranking in marriage for the husband to be the head and the wife to submit. Um, but And then there's a rank for the husband to come under the Lord and the wife. Mm. But under that ranking, there's divine order. Yeah. And with that is peace and harmony. And it's like that bike just, you know, pedaling along, um, working all together. And the church, actually, it's... it's is a reflection on how the church is with Christ. The whole, the whole Christian life is submission, basically. That's, that's so true. I actually think of that scripture you were talking about, humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. What happens, though, when you go under, he promotes. You both go up because of it. And um, I, think, I think that's really, really powerful. And like you were saying that... Um, Submission is actually a strength because it takes trust. And a lot of times as the wife, sometimes the default can be a fear response of, no, I don't want to go there. I'm going to take the reins and control this thing. And um, I think what's so beautiful is like you're saying, that open discussion with one another because then it's that agreement. It's that agreement. And I think that's so powerful. Um, Everything you just said so so powerful and you know kind of um to piggyback off of um that question this is kind of a fun question um i mean they've all been fun fun to listen to and and insightful but um this is kind of a double-sided question so i'll i'll start um probably with the wives since we're on this trail of respect and submission okay how do you as the wife because there are, there are moments in marriage you don't feel that love. And sometimes, I'm going to say it, you don't feel your spouse is deserving of your respect. I went there, you guys. I went there. The, these are feelings that can come up, right? They're, fe- they're feelings. We know feelings are fleeting. But how do you overcome that? How do, how do you stay in a place, in a posture... Of, of respect in your heart, even if there isn't something you necessarily agree with or there was a moment, okay, I can't really give, give respect there. What do you do with that? 
I know that that's a lovely big question, but I know. How do you keep giving respect when it's hard to give respect? Um, I think I've had to learn this. Um, yeah, it's been a journey. Um, but I think respecting the gifts that you see and the person, the heart, um, like the position also, like it's, it's what I said before, you're ultimately respecting the Lord and then respecting his position as the head of the home. Um, but just really like honouring the gifts, like Al is an amazing servant heart. Like, um, so there might be other like weaknesses, but not to highlight those, but highlight what is he actually gifted at and really um, honour that admonish that, like draw it out of him, uh, tell him, you know, um, all that type of thing I think really helps to then in your own mind, you know, not disrespect but then show the honour because of what the Lord has put into their lives. That's beautiful. So keep um, holding fast to that which is good mm. in your spouse yeah. sounds like a big key. Mm -hmm. um, and honoring, like you said, I loved that word position. Because um, sometimes there's positions of authority you don't like, but you respect them. There's moments where it's like, I'm going to respect this person anyways. Because they are a person made in the image of God. And even though this is a hard moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And um, I think that's awesome. What about yourself? Oh, so yeah, that was a learning curve for me. Um, a lot of the time when Vince would do things that would upset me or didn't show me love or um, made me quite upset, <laughs> um, I would actually just be still and be quiet because before I met Vince I was quite a fighter and <laughs> nobody could tell me anything. So if anyone hurt me... They knew about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I know it's hard to believe for those who know me now. <laughs> but so I had to just be quiet and go into my room. If I was angry or upset with him, I'd just say to him, I can't talk to you right now because I don't want to say words that will hurt you. Um, can you just give me a minute? And I'd go to my room and I'd work on myself because if there was something that was irking me about Vince, why? Why? Because I knew the man when I married him and... You know, in the honeymoon period, it was just cute, those little irky things. <laughs> and I just had to go to my place, find out why that irks me now and really um, work on things for myself. So doing that, looking in the word and, and um, working on myself, I was taking the plank out of my own eye before taking it out of Vincent's eye. So then we would come back together and I'd be able to communicate how I was feeling. And I would understand why I was feeling that way. So then, because he didn't know he was not showing me the love that I needed or he didn't know that he'd done something that had upset me. So it was really looking at yourself and then communicating it. I love that. And I think of that verse of scripture in 1 Peter chapter 3, how it, it talks about it. Let it not be the outward adorning, but the inward adorning of an inner and quiet, a gentle and quiet spirit. And later on it says um, to not let anything unnerve you, not let anything frighten you. And um, I think when there's those moments of, ah, I'm feeling unloved, you can end up going, getting into fear about it so instead you went into prayer yeah yeah I, I love that I love that and I think that's so powerful so on the flip side this <laughs> our dear husbands over here 
Um, it's your turn, so don't worry, okay? It's your turn. So on the flip side, um, th when there are moments that are hard to give love, or maybe um, you feel like your wife is very unlovable. <laughs> I, I know Andrew's felt that way in times towards me, okay? So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm the first one to confess, you know? And um, it, it's, such a, it's such a walk. And so how, how do you pull into that love of God to keep giving it, even in those hard moments, in those moments you don't want to? I think moments like that are when God talks me to, to me a lot. I hear a lot from him in those moments. And he just he assures me that it's just a fleeting moment. It's not, it's not a long-term thing. It's something that, like something's triggered it. I always understand that. But it, sometimes it could just be that she's had a really hard day or the kids have been driving her up the wall or whatever. So for me, it was always just, just be silent. Silent in that moment. Yeah, you've got a million things thrown through your head that you could say, but it's not... It's not worth a fight. I don't, I'm not a big fighter anyway, so for me that wasn't the hardest thing to do, but God always said to me, the words you say now will do more harm to her than anything she can do to you. Wow. So he's like, you can, you can take it. It's not, I don't, you don't need to fight back. This will pan out. This will come, we'll, we'll work it out. But if you can say things right now, that can really, really hurt her. And I myself, I never wanted to do that. I never wanted to hurt her in any way. And I know inadvertently I may have done it through my own character flaws and being human. But I didn't want to make that worse. So I always just... It was quiet until she was ready to talk. And, like, because we built that relationship at the start and I got that understanding of her and she said she was a fighter and she never hid that. I knew, okay, she's just having a go and we'll work through this, but if I start fighting back, it's not going to fix anything. So having the wisdom um, to give you foresight of the bigger picture, that th this moment is just a fleeting moment. Yeah, definitely. And like you were saying, to that understanding you were mentioning earlier understanding her helped you pause because mm. you know that okay my wife is fiery <laughs> we love fiery women around here fire of the holy ghost women that's who you are <laughs> yeah <laughs> from glory to glory so it's awesome i i, I just love that alan what about yourself well, the worst thing I've found is to preach to her, you know. <laughs> even, even if you think you've got the, the answer, if you know what I mean. Um, and, um, yeah. and we just, can leave it right there. <laughs> just, to, just to work on yourself rather than um, any, any of the issue. Or, and usually I would just maybe try and retreat and, like, just immerse myself in either the worship music or just just not even say anything a lot of the times. Um, and because uh, the mercies are new, God's mercies are new every morning and mm. it's another day and, yeah, tried to count it joy, you know, when you go through trials and tests. He didn't always preach. Sometimes he turned up the Christian television, like, really loud too, <laughs> so someone else would be preaching as well. <laughs> Well, it was usually the right words, wasn't it? <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I just think work I've so on done that. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> you got to work on your own salvation and just, um, you know, like um, try and tap into the Holy Spirit, what He's saying for you, and to to make to change the situation. Because I'm I'm really big on atmosphere. I like to set an atmosphere in the in the house because. You know, it's. I remember one time 
I was struggling with thoughts and I was lying in, in bed about two o'clock in the morning and um, I was just full of all these worries and things and Anita, I was just lying still and Anita rolls over and says, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just thinking, you know. I didn't tell her what I was thinking about. <laughs> but she says, well, change what you're thinking because you're affecting the atmosphere. And it actually, you know, like I've been to places where, you know, in other countries where they have sort of little idols and there is an atmosphere that you can set up. So, you know, it's not worth fighting, you know, because um, where there's confusion and strife, there's every evil work. So you've got to really work at just, you know, changing, you know, and work on yourself rather than the other person, you know, and, and see what God's will is for you in that situation sort of thing. I love that. So he's not the only one that does the preaching. I <laughs> <laughs> oh. love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I love that you, all of you have mentioned in some way um, or another that um, coming back to your own personal relationship and getting vertical because this is an everyday horizontal relationship that's constantly in your face, the temptation can be to try to go this way. Mm-hmm. I just keep hearing, okay, refo- refocus, align, recenter. And it comes back to that uh, verse of scripture that we are only complete in Christ. Our spouse doesn't even complete us. So in those hard moments, it actually gives you more peace knowing what they're doing. Um, it, it's, I'm responsible for my own behavior and my own response. And yeah, because I'm exactly complete right. in Christ, it actually makes it easier to give that space, to take that time that you need. You were going to say something, Vince? Oh, I was just agreeing with what you said. It's about yourself yeah. and you have to just adjust yourself. That's so true. And, um, you know, I, I remember there was a season, this is my own marriage confession. Andrew's not here. It's not a tattle on him, guys. <laughs> it's a tattle on myself. Um, you know, I, I remember in, there was sometimes certain days, especially early on in marriage, I would want to um, uh, fix something directly with him right away. It had to get sorted. Um, where he is more of a thinker. He, he needs that time. He needs that space. And whereas I feel more ministered to with words and like, let's, let's just done. Let's make it a done deal. Get it out of the way. Talk it out. And um, I, I, real, I realized the Lord said to me, look for the ways he is loving on you. It may not be the way you want it or expect it, but then you'll never feel deprived of his love. And I realized I would feel deprived of love in those moments, and it would make me want to go horizontal. I'm like, give it to me. Just give it. <laughs> you know, and try to demand it and try to pull it out of him. And, and the Lord was like, start counting. I think one of, one of you said to hold on to the good. Start counting the good ways that he's loving you. Yes, you can communicate how you want to be loved. You know, like you're saying, love language. Yes, do those things. But sometimes life gets busy, and and you have to look for the small moments. And um, I love that. I love that God gives us those keys um, and just everything that he's given you guys to just walk this out. And it's such a beautiful cycle. And I love that the, God gave us a picture of a healthy cycle of respect and love. That's the way to break any other cycle that isn't healthy in a marriage. Speaking of a healthy marriage, we have about 10 more minutes before we close. Can, um, I'll start over here. Can, can you both just give one or two things that can contribute and just speak into Healthy relationships, a healthy marriage. Um, Danielle, you look ready. (laughs) (laughs) I think um, the keys to a healthy marriage is open communication. Um, If you take anything away, it's just 
communicate with one another so that nothing bottles up inside, you know. Um, if there is issues, talk it out before the night. Don't go to sleep with issues on your heart. Make sure that it's dealt with, you know. The scripture says don't let the sun go down with anger in your heart. So it's such an important key to really have that um, release on your heart before you go to sleep, communicating with each other and just respecting respecting each other and just trusting in one another. Like, if you can have communication, be respectful and trust, then that, that can make a healthy healthy um, relationship, healthy marriage. So, you know, um, one, one thing that is actually coming to mind right now is finances. Finances can pull down a family. Mm. So be open and honest about what you're spending. Uh, I know that there's sometimes when I want to buy something and I just take a minute and I ring Vince. <laughs> Can I, should I buy this? Like, and discussing that and not just going out and shopping and that. So just being open with each other, trusting each other in every area. So love that. Vincent? I think another key for us is it's all based around God. We've built our family around God. We've built our marriage around God. And that's the rock. That's the rock. Like we've, my parents have said it so many times to us, they don't understand how we've been able to do the things that we have through our relationship. We've had the highs, we've had the lows, we've had massive income, we've had hardly anything. We've been through it all and it doesn't affect us because we base it all on God. God is the rock, God is our supplier, God is everything for us. And when you base your marriage around that as well, rocks don't move and it's just it's just made it it's made it easy honestly wonderful what about over here um well i rely heavenly on um resting in the grace like um as i was talking to before the holy spirit's referred to as the spirit of grace in hebrews and you know, he, he wants to get involved in our marriages and he will tell you the little things that um, you can do for your spouse. And um, so you've you got to realise that you're not alone, you know. You know, you've got all the help you need. Mm-hmm. He's called the comforter and, um, yeah, it says to labour to enter into the rest, which is ceasing from the way y- you do things and allow him to help you do things to love your wife so yeah that, uh, I'm really tap, trying to tap into that because I need it you know what I mean <laughs> I've got a list of about like 20 things but I'll just pick a few um, I like the communicating I think that's really key the rock definitely that's the foundation of everything listening to understand laughter like we joke around a lot we might like come across like we're quite serious but we're actually like quite I've been to your house and played board games yeah yeah no I (laughs) I know you're fun people (laughs) so that I think that's a key and just laugh together see the light side of things um uh having other interests and and hobbies outside of the marriage having other friends I think makes a marriage help um healthy finding places to serve and minister together and this is a really good one um just having a yes day so because we've got different um, love languages, he likes space and he likes to be alone and like he's, he's like the single man that got married kind of person. <laughs> and um, I like sort of like being out there and I like people a bit more and um, doing things. So sometimes we'll have like a day, well, I'll just say yes to him, like just having a day at home, being peaceful, being, you know, whatever he wants to do, study. And then he'll say yes to me on other days, like to have like go out and do some things and yeah. I love that, that's so practical. (laughs) I love that. 
having a yes day. Okay, guys, take that on board. That is just awesome. You know, um, before we wrap up here, um, each of you just thank you for, for what you've given tonight and what uh, God's given you to give to us. Um, and I would just love to close in prayer for the marriages of our church um, and just also for just our relationships as a whole. Relationships just so affect every area of our lives, don't they? So I would love, um, Alan and Anita, can you pray for the marriages? And then can you pray for just, this is a really broad, but just whatever's on your heart for relationships. <laughs> so you, you guys can go first. Father, we just thank you for the time we're living in right now, Lord. We know that uh, nothing surprises you, Lord, and we know that uh, whatever situation um, people are facing in their marriages, Lord, um, we just know and we pray for them, Lord, because we know that there's more than enough grace to handle any situation people are facing right now, Lord. We just pray peace in families and marriages, Lord. We pray for unity, Lord, oneness, Lord. We um, come against any strife or confusion, Lord, and uh, yeah, we just thank you that um, the people who have heard the word, Lord, will be able to find some truth that will um, just help them um, look to you as the solution, Lord, because you've got the solution for whatever people are going through. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. And yes, Lord, we thank you that we call this a strong church, Lord. We call our relationship with you strong, Lord, and we thank you that marriages will reflect, Lord, um, Christ and the church in Rama Family Church. And thank you, Father, that um, we build our lives upon you. Um, we call our marriages built on you and on your word. Lord, we expect, Lord, that um, unions will be strong, Lord. Um, it's a bind of three. Ties cannot be easily broken. And, Lord, you are the third strand in the cord. And we thank you, Father, that um, it will be a reflection to, to the world um, of who you are, Lord, through how we honour and respect each other. And for people that are single also, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are building their lives, Lord, on the solid rock, which is Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for what their lives may, how it, they may go forward in Jesus' name. Father God, I just lift up relationships to you, Lord, because it was your plan for relationships, Lord. Father, you created Adam and then you brought alongside him Eve to be a helpmeet. So, Father, I just thank you that you strengthen these relationships, Lord. Lord, I thank you that men take their positions as the head of the household, Lord, and that wives come and submit alongside your husbands. Father God, I thank you that each each union you put together cannot be broken. Like Lord, I thank you that you are bringing people together for such a time as now, Lord, and I thank you for that. I ask you to bless their marriages, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you bless each and one of them as they come into the cities, Lord, as they go out. I thank you for blessings that overflow over into their children, to their children's children, and for generations to come, Lord. I thank you for unity among the families, Lord. I thank you for your peace that passes all understanding in their households, Lord. Lord, and I thank you that they can turn to you when there is struggles, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord, that you are the head of the families and that families can turn to you in time of need. I praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that the myths and the influences on what relationships are, are exposed, Lord. Mm -hmm. That people see the way that you want relationships to be, not the way that the world believes they should be. Mm -hmm. We thank you, Lord, that all those influences are fleeting, Lord, and that they do not 
they do not show any fruit, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that your word shows the true way to build a relationship, Lord, the way you want a relationship to be, Lord, and that your relationships bear good fruit. We thank you, Lord, that your way is the way, and yes, that you are the rock, Lord, and that we can build our lives and build our friendships and our relationships, Lord, around you, and they will be stronger than anything the world could ever throw at it. We praise you for that, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Oh, thank you so much. Can we give him a round of applause? That was just, thank you, Lord, for what he gave through you guys. We're so happy and just, God bless you all. We trust you have a great week and we believe those prayers are working in your lives. We will see you next Sunday. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.